Portugal Pizza presents SCP. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wild. No, it's bad when I have to start the show. <laughs> Jeez. Wow, it sounds like every time I'm away. <laughs> it's, well, it's usually because, yeah, yeah. Or I've done something wrong. It's either because I can't be the adult or I've done something wrong. It's usually, now Steve. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? It's, this is not a now Steve, though. Sorry, no, uh, this is not. You're probably wondering why we haven't recorded a show in over a week. Well, last Monday... Um, my mom passed away from cancer, and uh, Adam and Steve were gracious enough to put the show on hiatus until I was ready to return, and now we're back, so I just want to thank everyone for being so patient uh, in waiting for our triumphant return to the podcast. That's it. Now let's do that hockey. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, we'll do that hockey, man. No, right. yeah, yeah. So, on the worst pivot in the history of mankind... <laughs> oh. Thanks, Jesse! Uh... <laughs> No, we got to talk about Puck Talks live at the rec room. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, we have to jump right into that. <laughs> Listen, I know it sucks. There's no way to transition. Je- there's no, what other way should I have transitioned out of that? Uh, you got it, man. You got it. <laughs> Jesse and I already went over this before yeah, you got it was, here. It was going to be terrible. Anyway, yeah. we did it. Yeah. There's no great right, way to say it. No. We're not going to dwell on it. We've said all we need to say privately to Jesse. Um, so if you're worried about us not being supportive enough, okay, fine. But uh, But we do need to talk about... <laughs> Moving forward here a little bit, and Puck Talks presents Steve Dangle Podcast live Saturday, April 7th at the Rec Room. Just wanted to let you know that we are live streaming, and I threw it up there. I was like, hey, you guys want to live stream? So if you can't come, because it is sold out, um, live stream it. Now, I know there are some people that have reached out about tickets that they reserved and they no longer can have. Uh, I don't know how to unreserve your tickets. Why did you reserve the tickets? They thought they'd be available and they couldn't. Hey, I reserved 16 tickets. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why did you do that? <laughs> My second cousins are all huge fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was never. Uh, yeah. yeah, so if, if you um, <laughs> if you want to reach out to the Puck Talks people at homestand.ca and they'd be able to help you out. And, and, and please, if you can't come, please release your tickets so people can come. That's a great um, idea. And uh, put yourself on a, uh, I'm sure there's a wait list. I'm, I, actually, I'm not sure. I don't actually know. But keep checking every day because there will be tickets that are release this is the way these events always work free event people are like yes i want to go oh no i have a life oh so things yeah Yeah. so that always happens so just keep checking for tickets uh they may or may not pop up but again if you're if you're watching from home if you're out of town if you can't make it that's totally cool we're going to throw up a live stream on youtube through puck talks and of course the show will be available for download uh afterwards uh in video and audio form they're actually shooting the whole thing on video for us we're just being streamed on uh, I believe it's on YouTube. On the, YouTube? I, th- I think nice. it's going to be on our channel. Nice. I'm not sure. Maybe oh, our channel and the Puck Talks channel. Well, the Puck Talks guys are so great. They're like, yeah, you can, you can have all the content. We're like, awesome. <laughs> cool. Great. Okay. No, I didn't know they were doing that. That's that's awesome. They're, I watched their last stream, which I think you can find on their Twitter feed. Um, and the quality was actually like surprisingly good. No offense to them. It just it it was a really big room. You could hear it on the stream I, I better than you, you could hear it there. I can't wait till you have kids. Like one gets an A, and you're like, "Wow, that was surprisingly good." Wow, you oh, didn't screw up. <laughs> That's all right. Um, everybody, put their headphones on. Oh, I have some clippage that I want to play. Now, if you have, uh, if you've ever listened to this show, you heard us several times. I'm sorry. Refer to a game that happened in 2014. It was the last game of the Leaf season that year. We're going into it was yeah it was 2014, um, going into the final 
10 minutes, the Leafs were ahead. 2013. 2013, okay. That's how long <laughs> that ago it was. That didn't take me long. Damn. Yep. And Coming up on five years. Not only did they allow the Boston Bruins to come back and tie it up, they lost in overtime in the seventh game. Scary. Totally scary. The Carolina Hurricanes had a similar situation happen to them just a couple days ago. It was 4-1 to one for them. Toughest lead. Hardest to defend lead. Now, apparently. In all of hockey. So the Boston Bruins is the team they're playing. And I just wanted you to hear this rally uh, from Rally North Carolina, this guy, uh, do a, his sports report. It is so <gasps> oh. good. Have you seen this? No. Okay. All right. So let me just How make many sure. jump cuts are there? Oh, there's no jump cuts. It's he's a he's an actual anchor, so they're not allowed to do jump cuts on live television, which is a stupid rule. <laughs> How did you answer him seriously? Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, you see, they can't do that on live news. Ah, it's how the television works. I wasn't looking at Steve. I couldn't tell. Uh, all right, his name is Mark Armstrong at Armstrong ABC Eleven on Twitter. Rally North Carolina. This is the world's best sports report. I hope you're ready for this. News sports. People far smarter than me pegged the Carolina Hurricanes' playoff chances entering tonight at roughly 4%, or put another way, a 1 in 25 shot. Certainly not lively, but this squad has got moxie. It's got the heart of a lion and the never-say-die attitude that put a man on the moon, I tell ya. Those poor Boston Bruins never wow. stood a chance on this night. Second period, Boston fluked its way to a 1-0 lead. That wasn't going to last on Sebastian Ajo's watch, making 25 goals for the Finnish phenom. It's 1-1. The Canes power play the tip of a remorseless spear. Ruthless stuff here from Ajo to Teravainen. <laughs> Make it 2-1, and the route was on. The Bruins begging for mercy, but Austin Williams guy. says none will be granted. It's 3-1 Hurricanes. And then next, it's Elias Lindholm. Watch this upcoming. Stampeding over the plains like Chinggis Khan through Eurasia. Momentarily <laughs> repelled, but Brock McGinn's second wave would win the day, and at that point, Boston cried out to the heavens in great fruitless anguish. The Bees scored five straight in the third to win 6-4. Three tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're missing that, the Canes are up 4-1. 3-1 Hurricanes. And then next, it's Elias Lindholm. Watch this, this upcoming. Stampeding over the plains like Chinggis Khan through Eurasia. Momentarily repelled, but Brock McGinn's second wave would win the day. And at that point, Boston cried out to the heavens in great fruitless anguish. The Bees scored five straight in the third to win 6-4. Three tournaments. You can't do that. <laughs> he just left it. He left it. That's the start of the bit. I love he that. He ended it there. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. Props to him. I mean, okay. Anyone who watches and is a Hurricanes fan, like, I mean, you probably already know what happened. But if you don't, you're going, what, what, what? What, what, the, what the hell? Yeah. And then it's not helpful to you at all. And now you got to go somewhere else to get your news because you're like, well, I'm pardoned. Uh, yeah, what? sorry, what? Yeah, but I mean, I... I, I just said I'm pardoned. <laughs> the thing is, um, they've had a rough year and it looks like Bill Peters will be gone, but they're going to find a new GM first. Uh, and and so that brings me to the Hockey Central uh, because yesterday at noon they were talking about the GM job. And normally under normal circumstances, throw your headphones on, gentlemen, um, it would be a pretty attractive job. NHL general manager. Only 31 jobs available. But apparently... 32 very soon. 32 very soon. Apparently it's let's, sort of, let's sort of tough. Carolina that they make this brilliant move, put in the new GM, and things go on to become unbelievably successful, like whatever he made all his money in. You guys have any thoughts on who that might be? 
We've heard all, all the likely candidates. Mike Fuda, by the way, pulling himself out of that Mike one. Mike Fuda pulled himself out because he the the LA Kings Stands playoff race. It's a distraction race. for the playoff race. Is, do you think that's the reason? I, I don't know. No. I have no reason <laughs> I to I would think that it. uh, it's, it's not a good fit. So you're saying it's not just the LA playoff run. That's the reason he pulled well, out. Well, come on. Let's yeah, be honest be here. Honest. All these guys are dying to be, be general managers. Exactly. Okay, and there's only 31 of them. Exactly. You pull yourself out. So what be makes this less attractive then? We've seen this. Uh, we've seen coaches pull style of ownership. Out of style of ownership yeah, because the GM is going to report directly uh, to the there owner. Is, there is a Can belief you pause it for a sec. Nope. In our oh. industry, that right. uh, this won't be the highest paying job. So uh, it might fall into that uh, Chica mold where, you know, he's it's not a traditional general manager salary. So the names are out there. One name I heard the other day. So let's just, that's all we need to play from that. Oh, now we can pause. And thanks to Hockey Central, guys. No, I just wanted to make sure we got those two points out there. Two major points in this, which are, A, not going to pay very well. Nope. B, you have to report directly to an owner who's not an expert in hockey. Yeah, Kiprios with a great point, man. Great point. There's only 31 jobs. Why on earth wouldn't you want this one? I just wanted to pause because I love when Jeff Merrick asks questions that he knows the answer to. Oh, okay. I, wh which one was <laughs> well, that? Well, Nick, why wouldn't he want that job? <laughs> so Do that, tell us. That is really interesting to me because it, it does seem like if you got the chance to run an NHL team, Damn, what an opportunity. Well, Mike Fuda has been like in this conversation since like I think we started the show, maybe long before that. He was credited as like I think I think I read a thing a long time ago. He was credited as like the guy who found Wayne Simmons because he was drafted by the Kings, a lot of people forget. And he's just been in this permanent bridesmaid role where he never gets the GM job, but he pulled himself out of this. For the Kings playoff run? I beg your pardon? What? Did that did that what what happened with Botterill last year? Did did he what didn't he go through the whole playoff run with the Penguins? They won the damn thing and then he went to the Sabres. And it was public knowledge in the Eastern Conference final, wasn't it? Yeah. Like we knew. Yeah. Was he interviewing? Well, what's an assistant general manager doing in the playoffs anyway? Like really? What are you doing? He's got a lot to assistant general man. Like you're, manage. You're, you're probably manage. prepping for the draft, which you have other assistants for. So if you're Botterill, you don't need to be too involved in that. Um, and prep, prep, sorry, prepping for free agency. But other than that, like a couple call-ups here and there, are you, are you filling out paperwork? Like, I don't know what you're doing. And that's not because they're not doing stuff. It's just because like, okay, well, you could still stick it out with the team. Wow. He he is not interested in this, eh? Well, and the, that's interesting. So that goes that goes back to the Ottawa conversation that we've had so many times over so many weeks. When you get when you get owners involved, like you look at what happened. Never look did. at look at what's happened to the Dallas Cowboys since the mid nineties. Jerry Jones bought that team. Maybe you can help me with that. I'm like, yeah. Jerry Jones <laughs> bought that team, and they won a couple of big championships. They, you know, he he rebranded them into America's team. He's done an amazing job with that. Made piles and piles and piles of money. But what have they won? What have they won in the last 15, 20 years? A bunch of first-round exits. Tony Romo, like, like, was great in the regular season, but every time they got to the playoffs... Good, good, 
Play-by-play guy. Al, yeah, Al Davis, uh, the owner of the Raiders. Uh, for years, he his whole draft thing was, I'm going to draft the best athlete and we'll make them into a football player. And that worked in the 70s when things were a little bit different. But by the 90s, didn't work anymore. Bill Goldberg. And they, kill, they still kept doing it. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> That's the point. So... When you've got it, I, I respect this owner because at least he's honest about things, right? He goes out and he says, well, I'm, I'm not sure about this and I'm not sure about that. And here's why we got rid of Ron Francis. And He seems and, to have been saying the right things. Totally. Yeah. But when you make those choices and you don't trust your people to do their job, or and, and, and in this case, nobody's even got the job yet. And there's already people going, yeah, I don't think so. Well, and what what's... Also concerning is Kiprios is like, well, I guess they're going to go with the John Chaka model. Who thinks that's awesome right now? Nobody. Like, I know the I know the Coyotes are hot, but who goes into <laughs> a game against the Coyotes? The Coyotes and are hot. yeah, it literally <laughs> doesn't they're matter. Gonna, they're going to burn themselves right out of the basement into second last place. They're going to burn themselves right out of Rasmus Dolan potentially at yeah. this rate. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are they even in last place anymore? No, Buffalo's think- in last. Just crazy. Man, are they going to be disappointed when they draft second? Uh, <laughs> two points back of Vancouver. Oh. Adam, Buffalo oh. would have to win a lottery to draft second. <laughs> that's true, they do. They're going to pick at least fourth. <laughs> so, yeah, that's oh, right. watch them get Dolan. That's uh, going to stink. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I don't understand. And and there's there's been some things recently. I think it was, well, I think it, I know it was Steve Simmons. Uh, basically, where are the analytics people on John Chaka now? Well, they well, John never Chaka really was, liked him. Yeah, John Chaka was sold as an analytics guy, but was never really a traditional analytics guy. Yeah, well, like, it's all... Anal- anything can be analytics, but it was... It's, you know what no miles one per, really trusted You know what his. miles per gallon are? They're analytics. Yeah. You know what tracking goals are? Analytics. That's a very... <laughs> Points tracking tracking wins. That's analyzing your play. Weird. Sometimes. Is that is that the same point though? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like like mundane shit is is analytics. Sometimes I'm like I'm not gonna say anything, and then I'll just hear like the slightest peep from Jesse. I'm not even looking up. <laughs> Listen, it's the truth. Okay. Uh, and yeah. and that's I guess so. I, I think to to call him. The analytics, like, because we, that's what we were sold on as the analytics guy. I don't know that that's necessarily the case with John Shaka. What I don't understand is keeping Ron Francis around because they're doing that. And yeah, does they, that often prove to be the right decision? Like, it's not like what is being proposed with Lou Lamorello, where he basically retires into a different role. It's getting it's like kicked Ron, upstairs, as they call it. And Ron Francis is also 25 years younger than Lou Lamorello, right? Like, he's not wow. an old man. Wow. Hey, I I saw him play in my lifetime. I, I That's not that. furthering the conversation, though. That's really not pushing no. us forward here. Shut up. <laughs> I saw him play once. I saw him play once. Why, am I old now? You are. Just because um, I'm 30? I hate this. Um, that's the... So this is the... This is the thing where... If you're already having the best candidates go, nah, I don't think so. That Seattle job's coming up. That might not be too bad. It's your opportunity to get creative. What did we talk about just a few weeks ago? Hockey has the most uh, former pro players in management roles uh, in any other than any other sport. Like by far more than the NBA. By far more than baseball. Mm-hmm. This is your chance to get creative. Arizona got creative and has thus far failed. But that doesn't mean you will. Right. 
Yep. And also, the framework in Carolina is excellent. Like, that team is like a couple non-fart goalie performances away from being in a playoff spot today. Today! Um, Looks like Scott Darling hasn't worked out. They've stuck with Cam Ward. (laughs) For, like, if you had a baby when Cam Ward was a rookie, that baby's a teenager now. Yeah. And he's been on the Hurricanes the whole time, and he's had a grand total of, I think, three good seasons. I don't get that relationship. Didn't Cam Ward beat the Leafs in the playoffs in the conference finals? Wasn't that Cam, Yor- Cam Ward's big coming out party? No, I think that was Arter Urbe. No. It was Arter Urbe because Cam Ward was 05-06. Martin Gerber was the Hurricanes' starting goalie. They fell down 2 nothing to the Habs in the first round. Cam Ward comes in, steals the show, wins the freaking Smythe. Wow. Arter's freaking Urbe. That's crazy. Fun Sunk fact the Leafs. about Scott Darling. Of any goaltender that's played more than 30 games, he has the worst save percentage. Uh, you know, 8.88. Now, now we get into the interesting Paul Maurice conversation where I, I couldn't help but notice, Mr. Bill Peters, that we were saying the same thing about Eddie Lack last year where he was criticizing him and we need a damn save. Well, was Chicago's defense so amazing and is Carolina so poor that the difference in Darling's numbers is that huge? What's what's the big difference for Darling? What is that? Chicago's defense, by the way, I don't know. Is that worth mentioning, Adam? Sure. Duncan Keith has how many primary points? Guess. This Pri- year? Yeah, so that's goals and first assists. He never scores, so or he hasn't scored this year much. He's got one. He got one goal, so it's one gotta goal. be. I'm gonna say it's at least one. I'm gonna say he's got at least forty points, but um, forty he, points. I think he's got. I want to say he's got. Look up how many points he has, Jesse. Just look up how many points he has, and we're gonna figure out. We're gonna guess based on his point total. Mm-hmm. How many primary points he has. And this should give you an idea of why Chicago is struggling this year. I wonder if Darling would have had the same problems on Chicago this year. Because Crawford was so good before he came down with Vertigo. Duncan Keith? Yes. Has 29 points this season. He's 29 points this season. One how goal, much, 28 assists. How many How many didn't come on shorthand or, or power play? No, no. How many are primary? Primary assists. So you As know in, how there's first assists oh, and second your, assists? Oh, not your Thomas Coverley ghost assist? Or I call it the Jason Allison special. Yes. Okay, um, yes. primary... Jeez, I'm going to say 25 of those because he's a playmaker. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go the complete opposite. I'm going to say six. <laughs> Jesse, Roman Polak has six primary points this season. Duncan Keith has far more. Seven. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. At least he's on a good contract. It's not as bad as Brent Seabrooks. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Couldn't believe now. Apparently, he had like off-season knee surgery, so I mean, it might take him a while to bounce back. I or maybe expect- just maybe just you're not going to make the playoffs this year, so shut him down. I don't know. But I see, don't know how hurt he is exactly. But sorry, sorry to completely transition. Okay. All the Blackhawks fans are like, you were talking about the Hurricanes, but uh, no, I saw that stat a little while ago, and we haven't done a show since. No, I was just like, <laughs> like sitting on that number. But what are his advanced numbers? I don't know. How is Chicago going to tell you that you're wrong? 
oh, no, they're not going to tell me I'm wrong. Well, they're just going to say, why'd you have to say that? Dude, I remember <laughs> saying mean. last summer I didn't understand the Scott, Dar- Scott Darling year. Or a deal. Hmm. I remember saying that on this show. I was like, what the hell? Scott Darling? Really? And people were like, well. And I got tweet after tweet after tweet. And, you know, I, f- I said the same thing about Cam Talbot. And one year in Edmonton, great. The next year, he's been injured. Not so great. I have a question for you, Adam. Who's going to do it again this summer? It's going to be someone. Who is going to well, sign Carter Hutton? <laughs> <laughs> or was Michael Condon up to? I don't know, but he's no, he's no Carter Hutton. Carter Hutton is leading the NHL in save percentage right now. And he's played enough games, like a Scott Darling-ish amount of games, where you go, wow! Yep. Check out Carter Hutton! Who's going to give Carter Hutton four-plus million dollars? I'm excited to see. Can't wait. Calgary. Ooh. Calgary. Might be St. Louis. Might be St. Louis, Calgary. Well, it's it because there's interested. two. There was two bad deals that just didn't work out. I really thought Anti Ranta would be good with the Coyotes. I'm really surprised. He's, he's been good. Yeah. So there. So he just there was just a, the whole team stunk. The team's yeah. Bad, yeah. 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 Again, again, losing kind of just becomes itself. It's like yeah. McKinnon last year. Yeah. Who is I think still my leading candidate for the Hart Trophy? Hmm. He's just so good. So good. He is. It's really gross. Well, it's funny, too, because it's it's amazing what mindset will do in any sport. Like, you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, and there's just a poison atmosphere. No matter what they do, they move half their freaking lineup in the in the trade deadline, and, they're st- and they have a couple good games. So are they and still losing? They're still losing. Because I thought after the deadline they were good again. Well, for two games. Oh. <laughs> against Oklahoma City, which was good. And then, uh, what was the other Golden State? Jesse, do you remember that one? No, they didn't beat... They didn't be Golden State. They had two good games after the trade deadline. He's like, oh, LeBron fixed it, everybody. Don't worry. And I saw that crazy pass he did. Yeah. Well, he's, listen, LeBron is still LeBron. But the point is, their owner's a bit wonky. uh, And things are a bit weird there. And it's funny, like, when you get, when you take Matt Duchesne out of the Colorado situation, weird. They all 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 of a sudden start winning. And I'm not just, that's not to say that Matt Duchesne is a bad player. But it's having just a that, little interesting. Having that sort of negative feeding into your dressing room every day can't be good for you. Yeah, it's interesting. And who's who's to say? We we don't know what happened there, but it is a little interesting. He's been good in Ottawa after we ripped on him for not being good. Well, he wasn't good. <laughs> well, the whole team, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we ripped on him when he wasn't good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <not> just <laughs> And people were right. like, just four weeks that. later, see, he's been good for four weeks now. Yeah, but he hadn't been good for the four weeks previous. <laughs> someone, someone posted. <laughs> someone, oh my god, who was it? Someone posted a great uh, gift the other day. It was uh, Matt Duchesne right now, and it's the scene from Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks is firing his pistol at a tank and it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's great. funny. Really good. Anyway, really good. back to Carolina for a second. Yes, I just think it's fair. interesting. Don't you think it's interesting how? Have you seen um, this? You heard about this? I do find it weird that that some of the better candidates would pull themselves from it. And here's the other reason I think a guy like Mike Fuda pulls himself out. Tim Laiwiki and the Oakview, Oakview Group in Seattle, which is definitely going to bring a team uh-huh. there. Uh, if you're a West Coast guy, Seattle's not that far from L.A., and Seattle's, I don't know if you've heard this, quite beautiful. So is Raleigh, though. So it's kind of hard. But if you get to work for... I wouldn't know. If you get to work for small, smaller Carolina, bit cash-strapped, new owner who's going to spend money, but also a little bit like in your face, mm-hmm. 
or you get to work for Tim Laiwiki and his brother who just signed on with the group who was the former head of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm going, I'm, and no offense to the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, I'm going the Laiwikis every time. Because I saw what, we saw what Tim Laiwiki did here. He turned MLSE around. And then he's launching a franchise. I don't know if he gets enough credit for that because they were still kind of bad. With the Leafs? Yeah, right around when he left. Yeah, but he... The Raptors Lai- were good, but everyone was like... Ah, Tim Laiwiki changed the entire culture there. Like, he just changed the way things were done. And you can see the effects of it now. The Raptors are in first place. The Leafs are sixth in the NHL. TFC just won a championship. The Marlies are breaking records. Like, this is not a joke, right? This is how this this organization is now built to win. And if I'm, if I'm Mike Fuda, I'm looking at, okay, I can go to Carolina, or... I could go to an organization that's run by a guy that's got some serious history that used to head up the Kings and the Lakers. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Didn't, didn't, yeah, wasn't Lewicki from the Kings? Yeah. So that's like, that's a just a perfect connection right there. Dude. I was going to say, I wonder if an opportunity comes up for him in LA, but I I actually had to Google who the GM of the Kings was. Rob Blake? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Rob Blake. Yeah. Uh, you know, how old is he? 45? Oh, yeah. He's not going seven. anywhere. And, and Luke Robita oh. Isn't Luke Robitaille? No. Is I think Luke, Luke Robitaille is involved, yes. Yeah, he's the president or something like that. Anyway, it doesn't... The, the point is... Again, former player, former Mike player. Fuda, there's an obvious connection there with the Oakview group. I feel mm. like that's where he ends up. And that's... If I'm them, that's who I want. Are we missing the main point here? Which in is? that the lead candidate for the Hurricanes job is the man in the clip. Doug <laughs> McClain. Is he the lead candidate? I, I Are you think, making things up? I, I think... <laughs> I heard a rumor... From a smart guy that... Hold on, a trusted hockey man? A trusted <laughs> hockey man. <laughs> Did Doug McLean tell you that he is the favorite? <laughs> I don't know. I believe you, well, first of all. Thank you for believing me, because it's the truth. <laughs> I'm going to say Doug McLean didn't tell Jesse that. You know, he might have. I'm, no, I'm basing it on the fact that when the last time we did a show, Ron Francis was still the GM of the Carolina Hurricanes, which would mean Jesse has not seen Doug McLean. If he ever does see Doug McLean, hasn't seen him since. So I think he's pulling the rug over your eyes here. I think he DM'd Jesse just before the show. <laughs> just, just to light a fire. Just to start a thing. That would be good. That would be good. Well, I don't know. I find, I just think it will be very interesting to go, to go see what goes on in Carolina because, yes, we have not seen many owners meddle and do well on the field or on the ice, but... There's a chance that the Her- Carolina Hurricanes are finally financially a stable organization, which is great. And they do have a, young, a lot of young, incredible players. And I think I look, a, I look at them a lot like I looked at Winnipeg last year. Um, now, I don't think they have the depth of talent up front that Winnipeg does, but they're no. a goaltender away. Like, for the not even that great of one. An average like, goaltender away. Crying out loud, just solve that stupid problem. And they're paying too much money for below average goaltending. I think what uh, like it's got to be seven or eight million dollars between Darling and Ward. It's ridiculous. It's How ridiculous. long was Darling signed for? Do we know? I want to say it was four times four. The goalie Ooh. cap situation right now is four point one five to Scott Darling until twenty twenty one, and Cam Ward's a free agent after this year. See, so you got to make it work. Like that's uh, another one of those deals where you can't just be like, "Well, one year in, he sucks. We're done here." Yeah. Like I mean. Uh, Darling's body of work suggests he's a better goalie than that. Oh, I, I don't doubt that he is. So, yeah, make it work. And, I mean, maybe it's just a crappy year, and he comes back next year and destroys Worlds. And I wonder if the same thing happens with Cam Talbot. 
I wonder if that's another thing. He started the year injured. He started uh, like on yeah. a bit of a wobble, and the whole team wobbled, and then they've just been wobbling back and forth ever since. That's another thing I was looking at. He, like he's still among the league leaders in wins because they Who's just they, Talbot. Yeah, yeah, because they just ride that freaking pony. <laughs> Can't what? ride him into the concrete of the building. If there's one thing matter. that the Oilers, I'm surprised, have not done because this is relatively easy to pull off. It's find a competent backup. Can you believe the Leafs paid a sixth? and Tobias Lindbergh for Calvin Pickard, who, by the way, is now their fourth goalie. He's their fourth goalie. The Leafs just call up Sparks. Mm-hmm. Sparks played yesterday. That's a fourth goalie. <laughs> Man, like, it's so strange to me that goalie goaltending is so cheap, and, and yet teams not. still have trouble finding a goalie. Yeah. I don't get that. It's It shouldn't be this cheap based on how important it is to your franchise. I am surprised when the market is so soft. But... I don't know. Anyway, moving on. The uh, and we don't want to. St- I didn't want to start with the Leafs and Stars. I don't, I can't even get to them yet because there's so much other stuff it's one to of get to. Most ridiculous games I've ever seen. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. I know you were there, but the first thing we I think we should we should talk about is we need to talk about Oscar Kleffbaum. Ah uh, yes. So, and then we're going to talk about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Quite the Kleffbaum that was dropped. Oscar Kleffbaum next week is getting surgery that will end his season. He'll be ready for training camp. Good. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. I think I missed that one. So, so that, that's happening. So why then... Did it take so freaking long? Is he playing? Why is he still playing? Can we just say plainly hockey's not a smart sport? Well, because... Like, I, what? <laughs> like, why? Shut why him was down. he playing? Shut him down. Now, so there wasn't the rumor that he was being showcased? Okay. Well, if the resume from the last season and a half isn't enough for you... Then you're not going to trade him. <laughs> like, if a team's like, well, no, I need to see him now, right before his injury, because I want to know how good he is now as he's injured. Like, Are you kidding me? No, it's not. As much as we've made fun of the Oilers, like, there's a number of statistics that would seem to suggest that this year is probably an outlier. And yes. next year, they might not be world beaters, but they should be in playoff contention. They sure. should be way better. Uh, wouldn't you want Oscar Kleffbaum to be perfect and good and ready to go and have lots of training camp under them and lots of summer to get ready. No, they waited like a, a what, a, at least a month on this shoulder issue to shut him down. For what? And they haven't shut him down. That's my point. They haven't shut him down. He played last night. So wait, getting, when's he getting the surgery? Next week. What is... Hockey's a dumb sport. Like, let's just call it what it is. Is hockey a dumb sport or are there just organizations here that need, uh, need to get their brains organizations. checked? Organizations. Multiple. That's like, insane. Let's not rip on Peter Shirelli like he's the first person to ever do this. He's not. Or the last! It's a dumb sport. Dumb at the top, dumb top to bottom, uh, and it's got to get fixed. If you're showcasing off Oscar Clefbaum at his best, show him last year. No, we need to see more. We need to see him, no. We want to see him playing at 75% injured with a shoulder injury. Okay. Yeah. And here's the other thing Be, that gets me. If, People, if you show him off at 75%... Uh, expect to get seventy five percent of your expected return. Yes, and people, people were saying, might be generous. "What if it was Oscar Kleffbaum who wanted to play?" Well, I'd say too bad. Too yeah. Um, we're we're leaving your skates in a locker, and they're going to be locked up. You can't have them. Yeah, like wait, I, I don't understand. This is not his choice. Believe it or not, I don't get it. Believe it or not, it's not John Tavares's choice to play for the Islanders every night. They can choose to scratch him. And he so doesn't funny. have to play. You got a coach can, like Mike Babcock, who like wears out the knees in his pants, begging and pleading 
with the team to get players back, it's, it seems like. And they won't give them to him. You know why? Because the team says no. Do you guys want to hear what Clefbaum said about playing through this I injury? Would, I would love, love to. to. Oscar Kaufbaum says, it's going to be a big year for me on this team next year, so I want to be 100%, and now is the time to get my shoulder repaired. Makes sense. That's okay. Not what I expected to hear. Uh, This is from the Edmonton Journal, by the way. The writer writes, this begs the question, why bother playing a game or two if he's headed for surgery and won't play again once it's done? Good question. Great question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right, Mr. Kaufbaum, what do you say? I want to be there for my teammates. I've been having this issue for a long Dumb time. sport. Every player has bumps and bruises. I just want to play through it. I've been playing with this injury for many years. That's not going to stop me. And I want to be there on the ice with the guys and help them out any way I can. Until the procedure, I want to be on the ice and help them. Can we just... You get one life, Oscar. Fix your shoulder. Can, can I just throw this out there? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you want a long, fruitful career or not? And uh, Men are stubborn and hockey is stupid. It drives me up a wall. Why won't this sport just let me love it? Oh, we're going to fuck with the playoffs because we have 32. Let me love you, you dumbass sport. Yes, Adam? I think my, my major point of contention with that would be, again, it's no player's choice to actually, like, if, if you give the player the choice, they're going to play. But the thing is, it's the choice is always the team's choice. Austin Matthews never has to play a game for the Leafs again. It's up to the Leafs, right? It is up to the Leafs. If they wanted to scratch Austin Matthews for the remainder of his contract, they could. They are, they are well within their contractual rights to do that. Not a smart move, but you can. And in this particular case, first off, the, the, Jesse, do you want to reread the first sentence from that quote again? Or Before, from that article? Before uh, he goes into why he's not playing? Yes. He said, it's going to be a big year for me next year on this team. Hold on, right there. It's not because you'll be on a different team. And that's what I think is going on here. They, Elliot Friedman said this in 31 Thoughts. They're showing him off for a potential trade. And I don't freaking get it either. <laughs> and, and it's that this is all around just bad. It's a terrible idea. And I don't care if the shoulder injury is... Um, okay enough that you can play that shouldn't be the goal the goal should be I'm healed if you want to be for there be there for your teammates be there in the dressing room I'm, I'm be there be there be oh. their support you can't you can't tell me that it's the right choice on an already injured shoulder to continue to play hockey at in the number one league in the world with the hardest hitters in the world you can't tell me that's a good choice does this change your mind at all Todd McClellan said there's no risk of anything He's played for three years or however long he's had it. There's no risk of any damage at all. I don't believe you. That's not true. I'm not going to That's deny categorically him the not opportunity true. of contributing to this team and playing in front of his fans because he has a procedure scheduled for later on when there's zero risk of any more damage. Categorically I untrue. You. I don't believe Because if you continue to play, what do you expose yourself to? I, more injury. I don't think Todd McClellan is like lying. Um, I just think he's misinformed and he's wrong. He okay. In the same breath, he acknowledged that he has an injury and then said it can't get worse. Is there an injury that exists that can't get worse? That can't get worse. And if it's, it's already hockey, and if it's at rock bottom, then he shouldn't be playing. <laughs> if it's what? so bad that he can't, that it's already the worst but it can be. He's been playing with it for three years, so he, it's fine. It's fine. Imagine how much better Oscar Clefbaum would be. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, we'll here's the other know. part that gets we'll me. Never know. The other part that gets me is it's not as though he couldn't sustain another injury. Like, oh, he's got one injury. No, he's he's at his peak. That's the most injuries that you can have at one time. This isn't a video game. This mm. is a guy who isn't <laughs> playing properly to to work with this shoulder that he has. That has obviously become a huge issue. He's played with it for the last three years. Now it's so unbearable that he's got to shut it down early in the season. And you're te- well, not early in the season, but early enough in the season that you're not playing a full eighty-two games. Don't tell me that it's a right that that there's no potential for other injury. That's ridiculous. It's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, so I'm just I'm looking at my my favorite one, my my favorite one uh, from a few years ago of a player just you know what I just want to be there for my teammates. You know what I just want to I just want to play strong, prove to you all, blah blah blah. We got a real chance to do something. So Joe Colburn, Toronto Maple Leafs. Ah, uh, he is in the Marlies. He's on the Marlies. Sorry, what year is this? In the American Hockey League. This is the 11-12 season. This is the year the Marlies went to the Calder Cup Final. I remember okay. this. With Scott Clemenson. Yeah, and please please correct me if I'm wrong. No, that was with Ben Scrivens. Oh. oh no, Clemenson might have been on the team. Um, <laughs> I think you're thinking of the infamous year where Greg Gilbert, the head coach, played Clemenson instead of Pogie and everyone freaked out. Yes, that might be it too. So, Colburn is, I think he won AHL Player of the Week honors or Player of the Month honors several times. Uh, he had 35 points in the first 41 games. Final 24 games. Anyone want to take a guess what his stat line was? Goals, assists, points. So Joe Colburn's final how many games? 24. 24 games. This is one of the league's leading scorers. He's almost a point a game player. One scored 20 goals for the Avalanche, too. You um, bet. It's, I, know, I know what you're going with this. I know what happened to him. So I'm going to say not a lot. G- give, me, give me a stat line. Goals, assists. Goals, assists. I'm going to say, what, last 20 games? 24. 24 games. He was playing about a point-per-game clip. Yep. Before um, that. Before that. So I'll okay. say down to half. Five and five. I'm going to say one and three. Or sorry, six and six. I'm going to say six uh, and six. Jesse got the points right, but it was actually zero goals, four <laughs> assists in 24 right. games. In 24 games, here. Let me go ahead and look at his playoffs. Let me go ahead and look at his playoffs. How many? How many do you do in the playoffs that year? Uh, 2012 Calder playoffs. Hey, in 15 games, two goals, six assists. Much All better. Right. Much better. Counter argument. Freaking guy's wrist didn't work. His wrist did not work. That's why the Leafs handle injuries different now. And then they traded him for a fourth. And then he signs a big deal in Colorado. Uh, yeah, Colorado. But, but that's back why... The, back in the minors, by the way. Leafs, Leafs have handled the injuries much, much different now. And your counterpoint. As three guys who's never sat in a locker room and... Uh, I have sat in a locker room. Just not an s- NHL one. Sat in an NHL locker room and uh, taped our sticks next to our brothers. Our comrades. How, how do we know the real effect of having that guy there next to you in your dressing room? We'll never know. Or having a paid babysitter. So maybe. We'll never know. Maybe. Matt Martin's in the lineup tonight. Left bomb playing these two games means a lot to McDavid. And the boys there in I Edmonton. Just, I just don't understand. I think they all just want to get the season out of the way and, and go get on the golf course and forget about it. Forget it even happened. And I don't blame them for that. Oh, trade your best winger. Well, and, and then trade, and then and then trade your second best winger, and then ruin your best defenseman, and then just do whatever you want. Who? Can, hey, your fans will justify it. Or, like one thing, Oilers fans, like God, let will me, they? Let me, yeah, it's my new favorite <laughs> TV show on Twitter. 
is watching <laughs> Oilers fans talk about how bad their team is and how they cannot understand why. <laughs> I don't know. The Hall move was great. The Strom move was great. No, it wasn't. The Str- well, no, the- but it was. Easter piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with Strom that gets so- me is that like he is playing at exactly his career average this year. He's had a good year for him. We didn't get it. We, but, we don't but, understand but that's what the because, issue could be. But that's because you play, you traded a $6 million player for a $2.5 million player. There's going to be some skill difference. And I know Strom was a fourth overall pick, but let's not pretend that Strom is a guy that should have been a fourth overall pick, all things considered. He's a 30 to 35 point guy. No, and, Strom... Was he? Oh, no, that's Dylan Strom. Yeah. I got another Strom. He, he was, was still eight. top 10. Yeah. He was top 10. So he's a top 10 guy. Maybe he shouldn't have been. But the guy still scores. He scores like what? 35, 40 points a year? Ryan Strom was drafted fifth overall. Hey. No. So oh, Dylan wow. was fourth. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that high. That was the Coyotes Dylan Strom I was thinking about. But anyway, regardless, you got a guy who scores 35 points a year max. He's done that for <laughs> yeah, you. Look, I don't want to do this <laughs> like, again. Because someone, someone sent me this great uh, picture and they didn't follow me, but it was uh, the Eastern media when they have an opportunity. <laughs> they didn't follow me. Yeah. Well, it's because <laughs> so they don't matter. <laughs> so, so it was the Eastern media when the Oilers are bad, and he just uh, tweeted a photo of a gentleman with his hand outstretched, getting moisturizer on his hand and tissues in the background. <laughs> yeah, I really, I look forward to it. I look forward to it, guys. Picking on the Oilers is my favorite hobby. Didn't you write an article about how excited you were for the Oilers last And they year? still told me F off. So you know what, F you. How about that? How about, except for the good ones, like, I, I don't get it. Mark, I don't get No, sure, you're doing fine. You're doing great. Mark Spector How many times article? can you offer advice and be told to F off before you're like, all right, you know what, you F off too? Mark Spector... Yes, also, mm-hmm. What? If, if, what? Okay. All if, right. okay, if the management in Toronto had the roster of the Oilers, how much better are they? Is it a management issue? 100%. Honestly, it might be. Like, okay, I was listening to the uh, 31 Thoughts podcast on the way in, and Friedman said a couple alarming things. Like, one was, uh, uh, he was answering a question from someone, who's more likely to get moved, Clefbaum or Nugent Hopkins? <laughs> and I, I'm just screaming at the stereo in my car going, how about neither? But um, <laughs> the other one was management needs to convince McDavid and Dreisaitl that they need to play a part. Management needs to convince what? Convince who of what? What are you talking about? I, how is that their choice at all? I don't understand. They're players. You're employees. If you can't convince them to play on different lines, then the inmates are literally running the asylum. What are you even doing there? You're a manager who can't manage. What are you getting paid for, you bum? You're getting paid for nothing then if you can't convince players, one guy to play on line one and one guy to play on line two. Yeah, it's never worked when your top two players are separated. Pittsburgh's on route to their third straight cup, by the way. It's never worked. Never worked. So if you have to blame someone... But the Edmonton Oilers missing the playoffs. Who are you blaming? Ownership. Oh, there's, there's a few people. Ownership, because this has been a long-standing problem for hiring the wrong management. So we can we can blame it on management, and rightfully so. But ultimately, a decision was made by their friggin' cuckoo for cocoa puffs, Mister Burns of an owner. I I don't get it. I don't get. It. It's just a shame that he can't move the Oilers to Seattle now. 
too bad. Yeah, he got his arena, though. <laughs> got his arena. Um, Beautiful arena. Ryan. I haven't done anything wrong, though. Uh, Mark Spector wrote an article today, and it came out today, and I love it. And the title is, Why, Why Nugent Hopkins is Auditioning for Both the Oilers and the Senators. So the idea oh is my God. that either it, that there's a potential deal in the works here that Nuge would go to Ottawa for either Stone or Hoffman. Um, I thought you were going to say Carlson. Stone would be bananas, incredible. For, now either of them playing with McDavid would be great. I mean, I think you could play anyone with McDavid, and it's great. But the thing here is. This is what I don't understand about hockey trades. Stone and Hoffman, those aren't the same player. No. They're not the same quality of player. They're not the same type not the same of player. player no. I don't understand. But my, I'm sure there would be some picks and I, whatever. There, maybe there are, maybe there aren't, Adam. <laughs> they just love their one-for-ones, and they always do great. I don't Sorry, understand. Continue. I don't understand. And this would be not in Edmonton's vein of trading away the better player in every deal that they make. Hall and Eberle are both be- the better players that are like, would you do Hall and Eberle for, for Larson and Strom? No, never, never on any day. And, and so when, when they talk about like potentially Hoffman or Stone, I'm like, well, at least then you've got some pretty good scoring coming back. Now I haven't sat down and done like severe comparisons and I'm sure people can write blog posts till they're blue in the face. That's fine. But what I find extremely interesting is of all the issues on this team, the money wrapped up in centermen seems to be the biggest problem they think they have. And what I don't understand is why that is the problem. Why isn't it the fact that we've signed Mulan Lucic forever, ever, and amen, and we can't get out from under his deal? Because I can tell you what would be happening right now. If Milan Lucic's contract wasn't signed, you probably still have Jordan Eberle, and you probably signed James Van Riemsdyk in the offseason. And my other favorite thing going on right now, Oilers Twitter, is uh, I think it was Dave Staples I saw talking about, oh, people were criticizing the dry sidle contract. I wonder what they're going to say about Matthews' contract and Nylander's and Marner's. They're madmen. Probably What's not. What's in the, the water? <laughs> what is in the water? Probably not. I the don't same. get it. I don't get it. Can you imagine? I don't know. You know what? Uh, the great thing about Nylander, Marner, and Matthews is uh, Matthews. The great thing about Nylander, Marner, and Matthews is they play on the friggin' line that you tell them to. Can you imagine like Lou Lamarello? He's going to get fired for nothing. Can you imagine Lou Lamarello having to say, listen, Austin and Willie, I'm sorry we have to split you guys up. <laughs> Can you imagine Mike Babcock going, well, we can't get them split up. Like, no. They wouldn't do it. We just wouldn't, wouldn't have it. For us. Nylander has been on the fourth line for a long stretch. <laughs> this several, year. T- several times this in year. this year. So is Marner in both of their professional seasons. And wasn't Matthews like benched in a game at some oh, point this know. season? I think he was. I don't I, remember. I, I, uh, I think yeah, I think you're thinking of the OT game when they went to OT and he didn't play for the first like four minutes and then he came out for the like, yeah. Last there was like, a yeah, like, like that. But there was some sort of penalty in that, wasn't there? Yeah, because they were restricting his minutes a yeah. whole bunch early in the season. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. But Drysaddle's freaking running the team. Like, sure, nothing's wrong. That contract's great. Every trade is great. Um, you know what? God, it's just the Eastern media and um, earthquakes or something going against you. Like I. I I don't know. I'm so tired of talking about this. Like, I I, I have a guy... I'm uh, not. I freaking love it. Oh. <laughs> Dysfunction is my favorite. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is fun. You're, you're, and it's not because... It's not because I don't like Oilers fans. I think the Oilers fans that get it really freaking get it. And it's it's it has nothing to do with that. No, it's, of course. It's this, it's, this, no. it's this NHL dysfunction that you go... 
Are you serious? I don't know. Is this still happening? And if it, if it sounds like there's like a heightened anxiety in my voice, and like, wh- why is Steve so animated and upset about the Oilers for some reason? I've seen it. Experienced I've it. seen it and experienced it. You don't like it, but we're brothers in this. Brothers and sisters, Leafs fans and Oilers fans. I'm trying to help you on to our side. The great thing about when it looked like the Leafs were good last year, when we got our first glimpses of it, what did everyone say about the Stanley Cup final? What did they want? Leafs Oilers. Leafs Oilers. I still want that. David Matthew. I still want it too. It'll tear the country apart, but we had a good run anyway. Civil War breaks out over the Stanley Cup Just think about the (laughs) hockey, though. Four to seven games of pure bliss. Oh. There were, I, I don't know. Oh my God! Can you imagine? I'm just I get goosebumps thinking about it. And you know what? Listen, the Oilers will be in the playoffs I'm not, next year. I don't get goosebumps about things that I know aren't going to happen, Adam. The Unless Oil- something changes, the Oilers will be in the playoffs next year. But I agree. If that I don't know if, if I that agree. roster doesn't I, include Clefbaum and Nugent Hopkins, then I I hesitate to f- to see how they're better. Really smart. Oh, how are they better? Great question. Great question, Adam. I, I don't know what you know. A very merry unbirthday to you, Oilers freaking management is going to do in the summer. I have no well, idea. Well, I know. I don't have my They're finger gonna win on the lottery. Place. I don't know. And then with this will all be forgotten. And everything we said won't matter because they'll have won Rasmus Dahlin and that's it. And they'll have the defenseman they've been searching for. Cool. Good for them. Like, I don't know. You ever, you ever have anyone in your life where you give advice and you just watch them make mistake after mistake after mistake and you go, you try to help them and they just do not do, ever, once, the thing that you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, ever, you ever just get bored of telling them after a while? I had a, a friend once. I kept trying to tell them to move downtown so they wouldn't have to make a long <laughs> trip to, from Oshawa. And they just wouldn't listen. Tell me this. Okay, so you've got... That guy sounds like a, like a dick. Sounds like a great writer. You've got Nugent Hope Hopkins, a book. <laughs> McDavid, and Alberg is your first line. You got Lucic, Drysaddle, Camilleri is your second line. How is Jesse Pugliarvi third on the depth chart behind Pont- Pontius Alberg and Michael Camilleri? I don't Camilleri. know. Who cares? Like seriously, who like, cares? How is that possible? No, I like, I like, I just, I don't know. I convinced myself. I don't want to talk about the others. If you're, like, gonna I'm sick a, of them. I'm sick of them. If you're gonna make a deal for Stone, would you not just try and package for Carlson and Bobby Ryan? Yeah, sure. Why not? Who cares? You know like, what? It's the stupid Oilers. You know like, what? I would if 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 I could, if I'm Edmonton and I can, I don't know how financially they would do that unless unless they got somehow Ottawa to retain. I would put Bobby Ryan with uh, Connor McDavid. Assuming he's, does he still have his legs? Does he still have his shot? Yeah. Good. That's all he needs. Give him whoever. And they got like, who, who gives a damn? <laughs> like no, but think about no, no, but think about. I don't care about the Oilers until they give me a reason to care about. Them. I decided I'm done. I talked myself into it. I screamed myself into it. No, man, you can't. You can't step away from this. So Rasmus Dolan next show watch. Rasmus <laughs> Dolan was on uh, was on the Andrew Walker show on uh, Sportsnet uh, six fifty in Vancouver. In Vancouver, and the big quote to come out of it, where they said, "How would you feel being drafted by the Vancouver Canucks?" And he said, "It would be awesome." Of course. And Canucks Twitter lost their minds. Now, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure we did the same. <laughs> but okay, but the, here's the uh, thing. If you're if you're a player, McDavid grew up a Leafs fan. Ah. You're a player, and you're being asked by media of a particular team you could end up on. How you would feel about being drafted to that team? What else are you going to say? Nothing. Like that's what you say, right? 
That is 100% what you say. And, and like, that's great that he'd be excited about that. Different. And I'm sure Vancouver would be more excited to have him. But it's like, okay, guys, like, let's chill here. I mean, Swedish, and yeah, would you like to play with the Sedins? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks. Right. Although, I'm, I hope he can score. Because without Besser in the lineup, it's like you got a bunch of people who can pass. And eh, you never know. Well, you know, they've drafted some players. You never know what the Canucks. They were talking about Demko. Who who's got an interesting future for the Canucks on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast? Like you know, they all think I hate them, but not hating on them, not hating on them. I just because you know why their fans don't defend their stupid moves. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. Well, they used to. They're kind of mean, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. But did you hear what Kevin Bieksa had to say about it before the game last night in Anaheim? What did he have to say? He's because he's at least honest, right? Yeah. And he said something about the, he said, uh, something about a sinking ship. And he's like, have they got off the ground or have they got off the bottom yet? Like, it's like, and then. Whoa, talking <laughs> about the Canucks? Yeah. And then he's like, no, I can't really comment on that. He's like, I feel bad for my friends that are there that, you know, are struggling and whatever. Because it's been a long uh, time. I can't really comment on yeah. that after I commented on it. I, I, just, <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. You can't throw that bomb. He's right, And then though. be like, oh, he's, oh right. he's totally right. Is it funny or sad that Good Branson was shut down for the rest of the season? Well, did you see the tweet from Jeff Jeffler? Smart. Uh, smart. 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 Well, they just an- signed him long term, didn't they? They invested in It's him. another case of a uh, hockey player playing through an injury. He was injured on November 22nd. You were, even then, they were out of the playoff race. Like, there and was no shot. ever since. Here's okay. Here's what gets me. Let's Tough throw guy, this out good there. Good leader, all that macho bravado shit. Jeffler had a great tweet uh, the other day, and it we said, "Good Branson, since he got uh, since he was traded from Florida, games played eighty two, games missed eighty two. Yeah, like he's literally missed. He'll miss like he's eighty two and eighty two in two seasons. He's played, and it should have been more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's when are we gonna stop this? When are we gonna like look? Okay." If you have an injury and you're in the Stanley Cup final and you think you got it in the tank to play through it. I get that. I get it. I'm not even going to rip on I'm not going to rip on Good Branson, an athlete for wanting to play hurt. Well, especially cuz his deal was up. Players want to play though. He Taylor he Swift wait, said that, I think. He well no, he waited for the deal to be signed and then <laughs> Uh, well, no, but I think the Canucks shut him down in that case. I don't think okay, it was like enough. I don't well, think listen, it was like a Vander Kane and Winnipeg where he's like, I'm done. I'm not trying to hate on him for that. I think that's a bri- smart move. If you if you got no deal and you gotta you gotta figure out a deal, that's interesting. You know, like that wait until you after yeah. your extension signed. Yeah. That's what I would do. I have no problem with his decision in all this. Um, it's the team. It's the team. It's the team. You think he's worth all this money? Look at all the money that they gave him, and you're letting this guy. Well, what was the injury? I don't remember. Uh, so, to do shoulder surgery is what he's going to have. So it was a shoulder issue. Yeah. Big guy lays a lot of hits. He doesn't need those. Nope. Nope. Okay, so here's the... Okay, what's the big deal? He's only got like... he's You know, he's 36, 37. He's only got like a couple years left in his career, right? If he's lucky. Right? I don't so, understand this. So, young guy works hard. Pissing me off. So I, don't, I don't get it. Let's talk about it. another injury that occurred last night. Roman Polak pushes Alexander Radulov into Freddie Anderson. 
Was that the play? Rad, yep. Rad, well, that's what they think was the play because that was the only thing that he had hit on him. Mm-hmm. Radulov lands on uh, on uh, Anderson while he is stretched out and down. So his arm is behind his back oh. and Radulov lands on it and pats him on the head and so sorry. And it's, by the way, uh, the, the guys after the game were saying, uh, Kiprios and, and Doug McLean were saying, that is not a goaltender interference call. And it wasn't. It should not, he should have never gone, Radulov should have never gone to the box for that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so Polak what were the calls? Because I was there. That was, that was goal, it was goaltender interference and like roughing or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and yeah. What? Yeah, so Polak roughed him and then Radulov somehow interfered with the goaltender. That's but dumb. To be I, honest with you. I thought you, it was a diving call. No. Radulov did not interfere with, it would not have interfered with Anderson had Polak just angled the body yeah, not I don't pushed think, him i don't think i get that no so what what's frustrating about this is a lot of people were like tweeting you know uh oh of course it's polak well that's sort of unfair that's sort of his game that stuff happens uh but what's really sort of frustrating about it all is that um polak might have been a least best defenseman last <laughs> yeah he was <laughs> he's a beast bad. in the beast in the on the power penalty kill in the uh in, in the overtime, overtime. Mm-hmm. uh i didn't frust- say it in the video hanesy looked terrible you thought so? So bad. He looked real bad. In the first, especially. Hmm. Sorry. Continue. I'm fr- I, the, the frustrating part for me is that it was Roman Polak. It had to be him. Because then, then it becomes... like. Well, of course it had to be him. I'm what all- other Leafs defenseman moves anybody? That's true. Like, uh, if it were, But if we're going to criticize Roman somebody... Polak here, but holy smokes. If we're going to criticize somebody, I would at least like it to be fair. And I don't think in that particular situation there are many defensemen like him who play his style hmm. that would do anything different. And I think that's part of the game that if I'm a coach and I understand that that happens as part of the game, if you're a defenseman, stop pushing other teams' players into your own goaltender. And that happens all the time. Tell me that at a professional level, and this every team does this, tell me at a professional level that it's not possible to eliminate that. I wonder how much Hainsey would have got it if Dumoulin had knocked Freddie out literally the game before. (laughs) Eh. Stop doing it. I don't know. I think it's a fast sport and it's chaotic and a lot happens very quickly. I don't think Polak meant to do that. No, I no. I think but Radulov meant to do that. Um, you could. That just didn't strike me as a reckless play. Yeah. Because he's there to get the guy away from the goaltender, right? Right. Because he's but screaming he the goalie and he's trying. So he's trying to shove him out of the way of the goalie. So yeah, I like think there's the force of Polak and yeah. there's the force of Radulov coming in. But right? yeah, I think you need to look at the play again. Because okay. when you look at the Maybe play, it is, it is, it's just a push. Mm. And that's the point, is that it's not a push in a particular direction. If you're going to push someone in that area, you got to think about it a little bit. you got to yeah. think of where that push is going. Yeah. And very clearly, Roman Polak is in front of the Leafs net, and I understand it moves fast, but he's also paid a million dollars to do it. Yeah. So if you're, a, if you're a millionaire because of a sport, you should be a specialist in that sport. You mm. should be pretty damn good. And you know what? Compared to most hockey players, Roman Polak is. He is. Most hockey oh players God. in the world? Yeah. I'm just, dude, compared to his teammates last night. So don't tell me that it's not possible mm. for t- to, to avoid that stuff on the whole. And I see it all the time. All the time from own, own defensemen. That's ridiculous. Now, what if, and I can't help but think this, and it goes with the theme of the show, can't help but think this. What if Freddie was already a little hurt? He might be. That's a good point. And that, and that did it. I don't know. We've been talking 
another thing I was listening to on the way in is they were talking about uh, Brent Johnson went on this uh, former NHL goalie Brent Johnson went on this great rant about Braden Holtby potentially being burnt out. And then he dropped kind of a bomb about Vasilevsky being potentially tired. Uh, I was surprised that Freddie Anderson didn't get mentioned in that conversation at all because he should be one of the most tired, if not the most tired goalies uh, mm-hmm. in the NHL right now. Um, so to see him getting hurt in game, what is this for him, 60 or 59? It's a lot. It's not shocking to me. Like, I, I, I don't, I wonder, again, if it's another one of those plays where it just pushed him over the edge. He was sore. He was tight. Tighter than he needed to be from playing too many games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what pushed him over the edge. And they have played Leafs schedule. It almost looked like last year when the schedule was compressed. Like, mm. the Leafs schedule at this point has been insane. They are finally not leading the league in games played. I saw the other day. They have 70, I think. A couple teams have 71. I think it's the first time since November. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. Crazy. And McElhinney played in game 11? I think he still only started 8 or 9. And he was scheduled to play tonight against Buffalo. That was regular. I don't know. I'm not too freaked out about the Anderson injury, to be honest. Well, he tried to play through it. I don't think it's that serious. Um, took himself out wisely. Wisely. We could scold him for not taking himself out right away. He wanted to test it out. Um... But now maybe he can get the rest he friggin' needs. And one thing I want to get out there. I saw a few people like, should we panic because Sparks is up? Okay, you're just sounding silly at this point. Like, if you're going on half-injured rookie Garrett Sparks's barely half-season with the last-place Toronto Maple Leafs as your uh, barometer for what he is... You're wrong and out of date. He's the best goalie in the American Hockey League right now. Uh, 178 goals against average, a 936 save percentage. He just tied the shutout record for the Toronto Marlies that he set last year. Uh, got a shutout last night. I don't know what else you want. If they called up Pickard instead, it'd be insulting. Uh, if Garrett Sparks plays, I expect him to play well. Um, the Connor Carrick giveaway. When it was tied 4-4. Oh, geez. So here's the problem. Connor Carrick has the talent and the potential to play in the NHL, as he is playing. The body. Strong. He is strong. He's, and he's, he's a little... And he's kind of small, but he's strong. Players hate him. Other team players, they just hate him. Prick. Seems like a really nice guy. He has, he has all that Carrick's fuel right before the game, and he goes nuts. The problem that's fr- that frustrates me with this particular play, and if you go back and look at it, you can see that and as, if you're on the right side, if you're a right-handed defenseman, you're on the right side of the ice and you're in your own zone. He throws it across the, to Hyman on the left wing. Right. You never throw a puck across the ice in your own zone, ever. It's simple. And, and that's stuff you're taught from preschool. Were we playing drop-in ESHL together? Or, like, are you, like, subtweeting me out loud? No. <laughs> is, is that what's going on? No. And he, Listen, the, you should have had that pass. What's frustrating is that there, are, there was a guy, there was a winger available. Just well, pop. and also, like, on, on the think, right side. I don't think Hyman called for it, and I don't even think Hyman was looking at him. Well, no, so, because like, you don't do that. Through, I don't think he would have got it. So it's those sorts of decisions, and I know Connor Care. I'm rooting for him. Oh, same. And when stuff like that happens, I'm like, man. Like, what? what is a coach supposed to do? And bless him for flailing. Like, <laughs> at least you tried. You, you know he. You know he's like, no. 
But those giveaways, going to be man, on the highlights tomorrow if I make a great glove save. Ah, he missed it. Those giveaways, those Leafs defensemen have, and it's all of them. The, I don't see other teams doing that. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see other teams doing it on this level. They have, they've got to do something about this. The fifth goal was Carrick's fault, but uh, when I was there live, I couldn't help but notice it took Marlowe and he what felt like an eternity to turn around. And then he went the, towards the wrong guy. Like, again, the, the the Leafs, I just want them to talk in their own zone. I don't know if they do it enough. And they make so many decisions where that's all I'm left to conclude is that they don't freaking talk to each other. And Richie was wide open. I don't, I don't get it. Whatever, they won. <laughs> they won. Hooray. What I didn't understand about the Stars, like, we, we focus on the Leafs' defense— and then when the Leafs score a goal, we focus on their offense. Dallas's defense was dreadful, dreadful last night against yeah. the Leafs. Like one of the worst defensive performances I've seen uh, put up against the Leafs. They were really good in the second period at clogging up the neutral zone. That was super frustrating. But that one JVR goal where he had like three cl- cracks at it, that yeah. was hilarious. That was hilarious. No one was on him. The final minute of the game, Marner got the puck. And he did what Mitch Marner does, fired in from the hash marks looking for a deflection. He did that three or four times. Three or four times. And what I couldn't understand is one time, uh, just I think it was just before the Marlowe goal, uh, Marner missed the pass because he wasn't expecting it. I'm like, it's coming to you! It's the fourth straight time in the last minute! You know you're getting it, Mitch! And the Stars never figured that out. To be fair. The- oh, Mike, Mitch has it. What? Ten seconds later. What? Marner! <laughs> the Another stars, ten seconds. What? The Stars it's going were to out him. there for like ten straight minutes at that last minute. They Sorry, were, what was The it? same guys were out there for they the were. last like, oh, That was yeah. on purpose. Ten oh, yeah. minutes. Yeah, they were kind of tired. It's going to Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> they were kind of tired. I know they were tired. That's Ken Hitchcock's <laughs> thing, though. He, he put them out there. He's the one that called it, yeah, right? Yeah. He, he, I just didn't... <laughs> I don't know. It's. I feel like it's not good when dummy me in the second last row of the building is like, it's going to Mitch. Hey, look, Mitch got it. Mitch did the Mitch thing. Oh, they didn't score. All right. It's going to Mitch. All right. They put it to Mitch. Mitch got it. And he did the Mitch thing. <laughs> and they just did that until it worked. <laughs> and next time Mitch scores, it it, next time the Leafs score a goal that way, and just we're going to get up a tweets going, Mitch did the Mitch thing. Mitch yeah. did the Mitch thing. <laughs> you know why Marlo scored? Because Mitch did the Mitch thing? Because the puck didn't even make it to JVR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because that's the Mitch thing. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. That's why that um, that power play unit is just so lethal. Because the Mitch thing isn't the only weapon in their arsenal. Exactly. Um, the other frustration... Marlo I, was in the Kadri position. That's I, usually Kadri's job. The frustration I also had was the Jake Gardner giveaway in overtime that, that led to the Mitch Marner penalty. Oh, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand. Oh, my God. The, the, there were these two older gentlemen sitting to my left who all game, they just kept going, oh, good Jake, good Jake. Oh, bad Jake. Bad Jake. <laughs> There's bad Jake. And then they told me about good Jake, bad Jake, which, like, these guys don't have Twitter. They're not into memes. Like, this is just a widely known fact about Jake Gardner, and they said it. They said this verbatim. You'll see good Jake and bad Jake in a game often on the same shift. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's incorrect. Mike Babcock said it. He's like, sometimes you don't know what the hell he's doing. He made several (laughs) plays in this game, especially at the line, at the offensive line, where I just went, wow, out loud, wow. 
And then he did, I don't understand what, I would love to know what he thought he was doing. I would love to just get in there and be like, like what was about to happen? Okay, Jake, what happens next? It's like when you paint something abstract and people are going, okay, so what's the inspiration? Well, <laughs> where, no. where do you want to go with this? I just, I really love giveaways. So what I drew here <laughs> is me giving the puck away. <laughs> and what, uh, what I also didn't understand about that play is, shouldn't that have been a penalty shot? No, it wasn't a haul down. Yeah, no. He didn't haul him down. But he, he was clear, though. He didn't haul him down, though. You have to haul him down, don't you? I don't know. <gasps> I, thought, I thought all you had to do was be clear. Because he was he was away. I don't even, who was the player who Mitch hooked. Anyway, I thought he was clear. It's probably a good player. He's probably a really good player. I just think I you know, and that's the thing is that like again, I'm not trying to pick on on Jake Gardner or Roman Polak or Ron Hazy or or Connor Carrick. Morgan Riley's the only one we didn't mention. Um, he looked alright. The point is this this defensive group this sixum. And I would include seven when Nikita Zaitsev comes back because he's no stranger to this too. They give up the puck a lot on situations that are simple. I understand if it's a complicated play and you mess it up, fine. But these are simple breakout passes. This is stuff that's, that they have to nail down or they're going to get killed in the playoffs for That's not an NHL mistake. No. And the thing is, is the, these guys are all NHL players and they're all good. They're all very good. Jake Gardner's case, probably Morgan Riley, 1A and 1. You know, like, like I, I just don't want Carrick to be the next TJ Brennan. He's got all the potential to, if he wanted, you know, get sent down to the minors, score 60, 70 points a season as a defenseman. He's that good down there. Um, boy, it's, I don't know. It's, it's tough. We've said this a, n- a number of times with certain players, like you're cheering so hard for them, mm-hmm. so hard for them. And I was just, I was just thinking like, why does Babcock keep going back when he has to? to that Gardner-Polak pairing. It doesn't work, has never worked. Stop using it. Why not just make it Gardner-Carrick and uh Which it was Polak for a good, good chunk of last year. It was Gardner-Carrick. Yep. Uh, Babs doesn't trust Carrick. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. Boy, like just, Justin Bourne goes, well, <laughs> that's Carrick for the season. <laughs> and I mean, he's right. He so might Zaitsev play tonight out. or whatever. I don't know if Zaitsev's in the lineup. No, he's out still. He's out still? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, Travis Dermott looked phenomenal again. He looked real good, yeah. He is, like, <laughs> he's really good. Excuse me. He's unbelievable. He's, I told you, I think he's the best skater on the team. Although, oh boy, Cappy. Cappy's so good. Andreas Janssen looked really good in the seven minutes that he played. That, that was a bummer. I watched the Mike Babcock's press conference after because I love watching him. I just love hearing what he has to he's say. Uh, but he said, they said, what do you think? And he said, I can't really give an honest assessment. And he's he's right. we, were, we were chasing the game. We, I can't give an honest assessment. And he's right. And uh, he's putting Martin in the lineup against Buffalo. And I know I sort of threw a little bit of shade at that earlier. I don't hate that decision because it's going to be that kind of game. And uh, in a game where the Leafs didn't look great, he did against the Sabres recently. So uh, He deserves that. He deserves it. McElhinney deserves the start. With, with regards to Matt Martin, obviously... From time to time, he'll draw in the playoffs. He'll 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 play at some point. I I hope they play long enough. Um, yeah, he does. And and it makes sense if you're going to trade him to continue to interest teams and that sort of thing too. Um, Especially if he's hurt. <laughs> Sorry. But with Matt Martin, you know, being a the role of player that they they wanted him to be and that they praised last year. You haven't heard that praise this year. 
as much. Like as a locker room guy? Yeah. And I'm wondering, and now we're hearing Don Cherry going on Hockey Night Canada. Oh, Martin's gone. Well, Don Cherry's not, he's not, listen, you can say what you want about Don Cherry. And I disagree with Don Cherry on many things, but I have a ton of respect for him. Um, Don Cherry's not picking that out of thin air. Hmm. Don Cherry talks to people. People talk to Don Cherry. I think he's smarter than he uh, than a lot of people think, and he's smarter than he uh, appears on television. Do you think it's because the locker room now belongs to Matthews and the young kids? Do you think now it's their, absolutely it's their second year? They went to the playoffs. Now they've taken control and proven that they're the leaders in the room. You think and it's they a don't little need Martin? A little bit of whatever, Dad. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it could be. Well, and also, what's been interesting, with the exception of the. Um, the Levo trade rumors that, I don't know, it seemed like he really regretted, and I don't know if that was 100% his decision. It, it might have been like his it, agent. It seemed like it might have been his agent, and also the, I mean, request wasn't all that unreasonable. Um, Play me. E, please? <laughs> please? Um, no, but uh, with regard to Martin, all we ever heard about him getting scratched from the lineup is it devastated him. And, I mean, if you're that internally... Fine, and I totally get it, and I don't blame him for feeling that way, but it sounds like it was outward. And how great of an influence can that be on the team? Like, if you're Josh Levo and you're seeing Matt Martin pouting, yeah, welcome to the freaking club, dude. Like, I've been well, that's, here. that's what he said, though. I mean, they actually, I think the Athletic asked him about that, and he said, like, I can't really complain. Like, Josh Martin said, oh, oh, Levo? Okay, yeah. Well, Wait, Levo did or Martin? Martin. Levo. Oh, no. Well, I'm sorry, Martin said, I can't really complain. Oh, okay. Josh has sat out and been a good soldier. Oh, okay. and, well, if okay, that's yeah. what he said, then I'll I'm, take I'm that I'm fairly right back sure. That, now, I don't quote me on that, because I think, but I think that was the yeah. quote. He's like, there's other people on this team that have sat out and whatever. Sure, if that is what he said, then... And that's fine that it's devastated and him, also because, maybe, of course... Maybe he says all the right things in the media, but in the locker room, it's not so much so. But in his last game, he was real good. So all you can ask of a player who gets sat is when you play, freaking be good. Not that hard of a request, yeah, I don't think. Fair enough. And he was last game, and I expect him to be this game. Um, I'm Matt Martin plays his best hockey when he plays hockey. Yeah, <laughs> when know? he's not when he's not finishing checks that you don't need to finish. Yeah, and he's not yapping. He does like you said it before. He's got a hockey player's brain and a not hockey player's skill set. I I think in so. Sense. Or, uh, he is an NHL player. There's he's no playing question. in the wrong decade. Like, yeah. I think there's a reason why he was so good earlier in his career. The, the game is just, it's changing. Um, he was really good in his role. He was really good on that line. Um, I don't know what their numbers were or anything. I, I know they had success. Um, but he chose his hits uh, carefully against the Sabres, and he squished someone. I think it was a rookie, just like a bug. It was so bad. And I, I think I think it was I think it was Gus Katsaros I was seeing tweeting about this. Finishing your hits is great in some circumstances. And in a lot of cases, it's just a waste of energy. He didn't waste any against Buffalo last game. He, mm-hmm. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of windshield wiping going on in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He smushed some guys. Um Andreas Johnson may have only played seven minutes last night, but I figured this story was fun to tell because more stitches than minutes played, by the way. <laughs> Nine <laughs> stitches. People first off, it's it's Johnson. I was gonna. It I was Johnson. about to ask, is it Johnson? It's Johnson. So here's the confusion. For, so because Romanuk, it was Johnson, Johansson, and then finally Johnson oh last night. <laughs> Johnson. There was, it Johnson. was, he, it was Johnson. spelled Johnson for the longest time, and he, he no one it. corrected it, and he didn't correct it, 
And you, it's funny that we know there's a second S on there, so it's Janssen. Like the second S means a Y. Means the soft J. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is my favorite story about him, and it doesn't have to do with his name spelling. Okay. He's the seventh round pick in the 2013 draft. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Why? At the time, and this is according to Rory Boylan's piece on uh, Sportsnet.ca. This is a great story. Uh, so, how did a player selected so late in the NHL draft come on so suddenly and significantly in Sweden's top league? You have to remember that uh, he outscored Alex Wenberg and won the SHL Rookie of the Year. Wenberg went 14th overall. Janssen went in the seventh round. Wow. Blossom into one of Toronto's best prospects. Prior to his draft year, the knock on Janssen was that he had uh, uh, had to do with his ability to keep up with game speed, and that he lacked drive seen in other players. But as it turned out, he had a case of undiagnosed asthma, which, after proper medication, became less of an impediment. Once it was addressed, he exploded as a top-line producer. Asthma and mono. Lilligren, Janssen. Yep. Your top two prospects in the organization, arguably. Is yep, there, there's, who's a forward prospect better than Janssen? Who's a defensive prospect better than... after? Because I don't know if Dermot's a prospect anymore. No. So you nailed it. Wow. Wow. I, that's a way I had not thought of it. But here, read the sentence before. Uh, sorry. Before the asthma. Oh, uh, this is prior to his draft year, the knock on Janssen had to do with his ability to keep up with game speed and that he lacked the drive seen in other players. Now, if he has, because uh, one of those pieces of feedback was correct, it sounds like. He, he wasn't he did able lack to, the game speed. Wasn't able to keep up with game speed. What's the second one? That he lacked drive. Lacked drive, man. He just, he's, you know what? He's just not trying hard enough. He's just, oh, <laughs> Maybe he can't breathe. Yeah, he lacks <laughs> he lacks heart and like you lungs. know lungs. <laughs> <laughs> I have asthma. You can't just try through it. You it, it, you're, you're no, you're, but I bet if you your tried, lungs, you could. Your lungs literally fill with water. No, like that's, or or fluid. No, yeah, have you ever tried playing through it? Yes, <laughs> Adam. Have you ever tried being Canadian through asthma? <laughs> It if works. your shoulder hurts and it requires surgery, you better play the next yeah. two games. <laughs> See, that's the Canadian approach. And then what they did, team doctors there took the Scandinavian approach, which is, oh, free medicine. Let's find out what's wrong with them. <laughs> and and wow, lo and behold. Wait, we have free medicine here too. I know, but we also have that old school Victorian mentality. No, don't complain about your problems. Stiff upper lip, everybody. On with it. So there's uh, one of the things, what, Tyler Dundon? Is that what it is? Is it Tyler? Tyler Durden. Durden. Maybe that, maybe that's yes. where I, why I'm confused. Sorry. The <laughs> Whoever the new owner of the Hurricanes is. Dundon. I know it's his name. Dundon. Uh, one of the things he said. <laughs> is, that, is that how you think he's announced at board Dun, meetings? Dundon. Yes. Dundon. Here's Dundon. Yes, Dundon. <laughs> Dundon. So anyway, he wanted a critical thinker. Now, how much critical thinking do you think went into the scouting report that said... You know, it just looks like he's not trying. Is that... How much research was put into, you know what, he just doesn't look like he's trying. Because if you met the player, you'd probably be able to figure out whether they cared or not, right? You, you'd get, or you get a sense of their attitude, wouldn't you? Yeah. What if he's panting a lot when he's talking to you? <laughs> you know, like, well, no, but like, seems like he has a lot of trouble breathing out. <laughs> when you meet someone, you kind of get an, a sense of their attitude, right? Nah, but I had to leave after the second period, Adam. That's okay. I would love an explanation from someone, anyone listening to this show. Why do a lot of scouts leave after the second period? 
That does happen a lot. It does. Why? Why? Isn't I would the third, love to know. The third period is kind of where the pressure cooker situations tend to happen. It's where the most teams are won. Yeah. What do you, that's when you find out what a player is. I guess you're only looking for certain things or whatever, but I stick around for the third period. You might learn something that you weren't expecting to see. Mm-hmm. You might find out that Jordan Eberle, this guy scores a lot of game tying and winning goals. The fact that which he didn't. He's now played seven minutes in the NHL is seven minutes more than I think like 99% of seventh round draft picks in history. Like like most guys in that round never see a game. It's probably more than most people drafted in 2013 still. You know, it's just it's just funny to me. It's very funny to me that you just think are, it's are we about to look up the same thing? I think we are. Do you just uh, think it's funny how? I I just think it's funny how, you know, he's just lazy, you know. He's also, I notice he's uh, really lazy on the treadmill. <laughs> Doesn't like running very much. Yep. Critical thinking, man. Why? Like, do a little investigating. You might find out this is a lazy player. You do your due diligence. You know what? I have a hunch. I have a scout's hunch. This is why I get paid the big bucks, that this is a lazy player. And then you do some research, you find out, you confirm that he's a lazy player. You know what? I earned my, my salary today. What if his coach tells you he's lazy and it turns out to be like asthma? That's where it's tough to be a scout, man. My coaches are real critical thinkers. Adam, it's a stupid sport. It's dumb. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll, Steve, are you trying to suggest that you know more about hockey than these people? No. 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 Uh, these guys know more about hockey than me and most others. Uh, I question whether or not they know more about much of anything else. And I'm not that smart of a guy. So, that's all I'm saying. Jesse, what are you looking up? He's got a smile on his face. He's counting. We should whisper so we don't throw him off. Is it expected goals for per 60 minutes? <laughs> there was, I think, I, if I didn't lose my count, 87 players who played from the 2013 draft. Okay, out and, of... Uh, Andreas Janssen becomes number 88. 30 times 7. Oh, Adam, I don't do that. 3 times 7, 21. Uh, the to- Two, 210. You want the total number of people who were drafted? 210. It would be 211. Damn it. It's not bad. How does that work? So he's in the top third, basically, ish. Not bad. Yeah. 87 to The fact that, and that's just now. That's after seven minutes in the NHL. Seven minutes. Um, did you see my preposterous Alex Ovechkin stat? No. From the other day, I am trying to look it up. We, and then we got to do the press conference. Okay, so as you know, he scored his 600th goal. I'm surprised it took this long to get to it. Um, he scored his 600th NHL goal. He's, I mean, he's going to snore his way to 700 unless something ter- terrible goes wrong. So, I tweeted, Comparing Ovechkin's goal scoring to the best goal scorers in history is fun. Comparing Ovechkin's goal scoring to players from his draft year, holy hell. So, in 990 games, uh, Ovechkin has 600 career goals. Do you know how many goals the next closest guy has? Who is the next closest guy? Evgeny Malkin. Oh, really? Evgeny Um, Malkin, who has played 772, so fewer games. The problem with Evgeny Malkin is he's not one of the top 100 players of all time. Which is just looking dumber and dumber and dumber (laughs) as every day passes. I don't know. I think it was a good choice. Yeah. Did it look as dumb at the time? Like, did, I don't. Did it, it, looked pretty, bad. it looked pretty bad at the time. Yeah, like What's I don't it? think it got dumber. I think it was already <laughs> at a level of pretty dumb. But like, it just kept digging. Yeah, like you. We, wow, 
Wow, there's well, so this much dumb depth. mole can get bigger in a dumb way. So here's 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 just how stupid, crazy Ovechkin is. Six hundred goals. Next highest guy, Malkin, three sixty seven. Three sixty seven. Three hundred and sixty seven. Now you might look at uh, Ovechkin's point totals: eleven hundred and nine points in nine hundred and ninety games, and then Malkin's nine nineteen points in seven hundred and seventy two games. Uh, and by the way, th- these are now a couple days out of date, but. Uh, point per game, I think Ovechkin was 1.12 points per game in his career. Malkin, 1.19. So they're they're very close together. In terms of goal scoring, no one is close. Ovechkin, 600. Malkin, 367. The next closest guy to those two, Andrew Ladd with 242. Blake Wheeler with 217. Mm-hmm. So this is the 2004 draft. There are only four players who have reached 200 goals so far, and Ovechkin has three times that. <laughs> He's so goofy. The next guys on the list, Drew Stafford, Johan Franzen, who exists still, um, Ryan Callahan, David Krejci, Troy Brower, Travis Zajac, Christopher Stieg, Brandon Dubinsky, and also Mike Green, who the Capitals got in the same draft. Like Ovechkin is not comparable to his draft peers. Even Malkin. At least when it comes to goal scoring. Press conference. Um, I saw the Andreas Johnson, the Steve Dangle Johnson press conference. draft open. Oh. And there was three, one, two, three other guys who were drafted in the seventh round of that year who have played in the NHL. Oh, that's cool. Who? Yeah. Um, Mackenzie Wegar, Florida Panthers, played 48 games. John Gilmore for the Flames, played 17 games. And Joel Vermin for the Lightning has played 24 games. So, uh, apparently he's falling behind. Wow. You know? What a bum. <laughs> I think he's a bust. He's a he's a bum. Is what he is. No, he's he, I I have confidence he's going to be a very good NHL player. Um although it's funny uh watching his first NHL game and how he played and then watching JVR score a hat trick and then going, "Yeah, Johnson's just going to step right into that role and be fine." Yeah. <laughs> I Boy, I don't know if the Leafs have a player who does what JVR does. They don't. We'll miss him. We'll find some way to yep. replace his production. Guess what? You play differently. Yeah. We'll be fine. Uh, you have to. <laughs> yeah. You have no choice. Um. So, press conference. Uh, Jesse, so, question. First question. I'm going to give the first answer, and then I want to hear you guys' opinion. So, Bradle23 writes, Do you prefer evenly leveling up your Pokemon team or having <laughs> one or two over-leveled Pokemon carrying the squad and the the correct answer because i've only done this way my entire life is you have like two guys who are like maxed out one is usually a charizard your starting pokemon and then you get you get your next guy probably i don't know some sort of bird pokemon legendary bird probably yeah a legendary yep. bird pokemon yep. and then you go with those two you get them up to like an 87 or something ridiculous and then you have your rest of your squad around 20s what's your answer uh I try to go as even as I possibly can, but it is usually there's a one or two that rise to the top pretty clearly. So when I'm in a battle that I think is pretty easily winnable, that's when I let you know my five, six guys kind of have them. You got to have a legendary bird Pokemon because uh, you need to fly. Mm-hmm. You got to have a really good water Pokemon because you got to surf. You got to have a really good plant Pokemon because you need to cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't forget dig. 
Doug Trio is might be the most underrated Pokemon <laughs> oh, in the man. entire so game. Good. So good. And it's funny, no matter how many times I played Pokemon through, I had almost the exact same roster every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to like to jack up my Laprises, by the way, too. I was always like, Lapras yeah, was good. But they're not very useful. Well, except, see, the, see, here's the thing. You guys are both missing the point here, Train which is... to learn ice moves. What you do oh. is you take the Lapras and you go with the swim or the float or whatever. Surf. 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 And <laughs> you go to that, <laughs> you go to the island, and you go up and down the coast until you can cheat and get yourself a bazillion rare candies, and then you can level everybody well, up. And missing no, I don't. <laughs> missing fair. no. Yeah, I mean, I did it, but it's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it not fair to the computer game that's not a human? I'm sorry. I just it's ice, ice Pokemon in the original Pokemon were like disproportionately useful. Yes. So I would go like legendary mm-hmm. Pokemon. I would go Articuno. Um, I would usually go Blastoise. I would have a Wicked Victory Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have a Doug Trio, and then I think I would mix it up. Mm. Uh, or like if I didn't have a legendary uh, like Articuno, I would have like a just a jacked Pidgeot, crazy jacked Pidgeot. I would Fire was one of the least useful Pokemon types in the original games. That's why I don't understand everyone's obsession. With like, you know what? Everyone loves Charizard. No one loves Moltres. You know why? Because Charizard is the coolest looking Pokemon. That's why everyone liked him. If you have Flamethrower, you're winning every battle. It is very. It's a very strong attack. If you use Solar Beam or if you use uh, Hydro Pump, no. Blastoise and Charizard don't compare. Charizard is far and away a better. Blastoise Pokemon. beats Charizard. No, he doesn't. He does. No. Beat my level 102 Charizard with your level How'd you get up 60. to 102? I have had it for 14 years. No, but 102, you, <laughs> doesn't it only go up to 100? Nope, 102. I think you're lying. Next question. Or a nerd. Next question. <laughs> uh, I want you guys to take turns answering this next question. Leafs Haze 20 wants you to wish James Reimer a happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday, I think, James Reimer. Or what, what day is today? It's today. Oh, happy birthday, happy James Happy birthday, Reimer. James. His 30th birthday. Do you have any well wishes for James Reimer? Adam and Steve. It just feels good to be James's uh, older brother. Exactly two days older than James Reimer. Um, I hope he gets better. <laughs> Didn't he uh, get injured mm-hmm. recently? Uh, did he? Yeah, for his birthday, I hope uh, he has great health. Okay. And he has fun time. <laughs> uh, he has a fun time being a daddy. And I agree. I don't know. I've got nothing else. <laughs> I, I listen. I love James, but it, like I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Here's here's a little world is a tiny. Uh, the world is a tiny place story. These two guys walk up to me yesterday at the Leafs game. They're wearing Stars jerseys. One of them has on one of those ten gallon hats. They came up from Texas to watch this Leafs Stars game, and they got their money's worth. Um, but along the way, they went to a game against the Panthers, and they saw James walking out on crutches. Mm. And they and they go, hey James, get well soon. Steve Dangle says hi. Nah. And apparently James responded like, oh well, that's yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> he was very thrown off. <laughs> and I, I think he may have found it creepy. So thanks, guys. No, creepy. No, creepy. <laughs> no way. No, the love of my life would never think I'm creepy. <laughs> what? Sorry. Last one. Was that it? Thumbs up. We're good. All right. Hey, thanks so much for listening. It's great to be back. 
Uh, we'll be all over social media on Saturday because we've got to. Uh, we've got a second, uh, a second little thing fight with uh, Philo Lorette uh, in Montreal. Leafs Canadians. We'll be throwing out videos and stuff with Hisense. Um, Just an excuse to get together. And yeah, basically, and eat a bunch of chips and, and <laughs> chips and pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, be looking out for us. We'll be all over uh, our socials on uh, on Saturday night, and we'll be back to our full two episodes per week as of next week. Although we don't know which days yet. Okay, love you. Bye. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W Y L D E and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.